0: Emma is passionate about the sheep industry, having grown up on Wardree Merino Stud near Hay, where her father was the manager for nearly 20 years. For Emma, this has instilled a passion for agriculture and for sheep genetics, leading her to work actively within the industry, based out of Dubbo, specialising in sheep reproduction, specifically artificial insemination, embryo transfer and semen collection. In this episode, Emma discusses the process of artificial insemination and how Central West farmers are increasingly looking to artificial breeding services to fine-tune their livestock reproduction. You'll also hear Emma highlight the pros and cons of artificial reproduction and how farmers can maximise their genetic gain and accelerate production in their livestock system. Local Land Services Mixed Farming Officer, Rowan Leach, sat down with his good mate Emma for this chat one relaxed Sunday afternoon in Dubbo.
1: G'day listeners, today I'm interviewing a good mate near Dubbo, Emma Bowman. Emma, welcome to the Seeds for Success podcast.
2: Thanks Leachy. nice to be here.
1: Bowie, you aren't a farmer per se at the moment, what is it exactly that you do?
2: I'm actually involved in sheep reproduction, specifically artificial breeding. I work for a company called Genstock, specialising in artificial insemination, embryo transfer and semen collection. I'm based here in Dubbo, but there's also two other centres, one down at Gerildry in New South Wales and one at Hamilton in Victoria, whereby we undertake work across four different states. So it tends to keep us busy enough.
1: Wow. So it's a pretty diverse and big operation, just completely focused on sheep.
2: Yeah, that's our specialty.
1: So how did you get into this? Work?
2: Good question. So I grew up on a merino stud down at Hay in the Riverina. The name of it was Wardry. My dad managed it for 20 years. And yeah, that's definitely where I developed my passion for ag. Wardry used to be 85,000 acres and we ran sheep, both merinos and doonies, as well as cattle and some cropping. I used to love helping the jackaroos, probably often more havoc than actual help. (laughs) But um, yeah, I remember as a kid, my three favourite things actually used to be landmarking, putting out fox baits and helping with the AI and ET. And it's just amazing how things work out in life because the people that often used to do our AI and ET programs were Rosie and Dave Kennett from Genstock at Gerildry. And uh, they're actually the people that I've now recently gone into business with. And started up the centre here in Dubbo. So I feel very lucky to have been given that opportunity and yeah, excited to see where the f- what the future holds.
1: It's so often in the ag industry that it's not what you know, it's who you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can't underestimate the power of relationships.
1: With your initial start with GenStop, were you an employee or how did you enter into the business there?
2: No, actually I think it was more so the fact that I was working for uh, another artificial breeding company called Apium for two years previously and the Apium business up here at Dubbo actually ended up closing. But with the business here at Apium closing, it then created a good opportunity for someone to fill that gap and uh, Rosie and Dave Kennett, having been in the industry already for 30 years with two well-established and respected businesses in Geraldine and Hamilton, there was a gap to fill. And I guess from the previous relationship that we had and being family friends over time, they just knew me as a person and thought that, yeah, we would make a good team together. And so I have started here at Dubbo, opening the centre July 2021. And, yeah, have been the manager here since.
1: What does your role entail specifically?
2: We're lucky to surround ourselves with a great team. Everyone is upskilled and interchangeable in what we do. But I guess from day to day, we can be found in the ram shed, collecting rams, processing freezing semen, doing semen dispatches, coordinating, communicating and liaising with clients to book AI programs in, dispatching AI drugs, organising semen requirements, packing semen to then for the vet to take out on farm and all the fun office jobs like invoicing and book work.
1: And what's your favourite part? My guess maybe wouldn't be collection of the semen. What is your favourite part of the role?
2: I think it's actually probably the people working with the clients. All our clients are farmers and as you know, are terrific people, just genuine, hardworking and always looking to do things better. So essentially our clients are aiming to either cut more wool, breed more lambs or produce a better carcass that's going to hang up well, which overall helps drive profitability and productivity. So I find it really rewarding to be able to help them in that process.
1: So we might get into the client side of things a bit later in the interview, but I just want to go through the process of what is involved with semen collection. Give me a rundown of what happens when a farmer contacts you and the process from there.
2: Yeah, good question. Um, Everyone's always very intrigued in the semen collection (laughs) side of the business. It's obviously quite a A unique industry to be in. Basically, when a client contacts us, depending on the urgency of the semen, we aim to try and get the ram in as soon as we can, and then the client will bring the ram into our collection centre. On arrival, we'll have a brief discussion with the client in regards to the doses they require whether the ram served the ewe previously or not and the general health status of the ram. They then go through a foot bath and go into a clean pen that's been disinfected for biosecurity reasons. But in terms of the actual collection side of things, we use what you call a teaser, which is a ewe, to help encourage the ram to jump. So while she's happily eating feed in a head bale, we then introduce the ram into the pen And we have what you call an AV, which is an artificial vagina, whereby after the ram responds to pheromones, as the ram goes to mount the ewe, we then put the AV over his penis and at the end of the AV is a tulip glass, which he ejaculates into. Once the ram thinks that he has served the ewe, we then take the AV into the lab and then look at the semen under the microscope whereby we look at the motility, concentration and volume of the semen and permitted that it looks good fresh, we will then dilute it down before putting it in the fridge to chill and then freezing the semen. However, all semen needs to be evaluated and pass Australian standards in order to then go out into the field
1: for use. One part of the process that's always intrigued me, I've just seen one of the AVs and it doesn't look typically that appealing. Is there a process in training the ram to jump?
2: Yeah, definitely. One of the questions that we ask the farmer is whether they uh, have uh, sexually mature or whether they're inexperienced and often the rams that are inexperienced require a bit more time, patience in order to get them going. So if that is the case, we often uh, will put a teaser on heat artificially And that helps encourage the ram to work. But yeah, it just varies on whether they actually know what they're doing or not.
1: What's the next step in the process after the semen's been certified?
2: So it then is put into permanent storage here at the centre, which is stored in liquid nitrogen in big tanks. And the semen that we collect is either used by the client himself or to sell to other clients from other studs.
1: So what's the general timeline on collection? Is there certain busy times of the year or is it pretty constant?
2: Winter is a quiet time for us, but late August is Dubbo National Sheep Show and collection pretty well commences from then. It gets increasingly busier over September, October when all the on-property ram sales have held. And the reason for that being is that when a client purchases a ram, often it's a significant investment. And semen collection is seen as a good insurance policy to try and collect his genetics and have it in the tank just in case something happens to the ram once he goes home. But semen collection for us here at Dubbo, the period lasts from late August all the way through to sort of May.
1: And so do you then help with AIing, embryo transferring, those sorts of things as well?
2: Yeah, I do like to go out and help. It's always a fantastic day in the shed. It's exciting to see the client passionate about what they're doing and there's always good banter. But unfortunately, IT tend to be based at the centre more often, doing a lot of work in the background, making sure that it's generally a pretty seamless process across the board.
1: Bowie, what do you see as the future of semen collection or, or maybe AI and sheep reproduction in general?
2: I think the future of artificial breeding in general is very promising. The combination in the recent years, having experienced three really good seasons as well as commodity prices being quite strong, that nothing's going to change anytime soon. With the on property ram sales, as well as the increasing reliance on social media and marketing, it's created a lot of competition between the different studs. And I think that has really driven and increased the amount of work that we do now in facilitating those clients to try and enhance their own genetics and uh, separate them from the rest of the other studs, trying to improve.
1: So is that competition a good thing for the industry or would you like to see more maybe collaboration within the industry?
2: Overall, the increased competition I think actually has a positive impact on everyone. In terms of business, fortunately, our calendar's pretty full and they're not making extra days in the year. So, yeah, we tend to be pretty busy with AI and ET up here at Dubbo from sort of November through to mid-May. Yeah, there's not too many spare days in between. But overall as an industry, I think the competition helps us always strive to be better and produce a better animal, which overall is going to help the profitability and productivity for those clients and what they do day in and day out as well.
1: You also mentioned that marketing has come into it a lot and probably social media and people sort of seeing maybe what's always greener on the other side. Like, have you got any comments about that as well?
2: Marketing is a fantastic tool, but I think at the end of the day, the best thing is you can invest all the money that you want into marketing, but the product speaks for itself. So long term, and that's the thing with breeding, is that the long-term you'll determine whether that bloodline is an appropriate fit for your existing flock or whether you should try something else that's going to be more complementary.
1: Just moving on to the next topic. So tell me about your typical client.
2: So I guess our typical client generally are stud breeders. We do also have a couple of commercial producers AIing as well. I guess in terms of AI it is a significant investment but for the commercial producers the main benefit for them is that from time to time they can introduce new genetics to enhance their existing flock but also from a management perspective the fact that AI is conducted with ewes that have synchronized estrus meaning that all the ewes cycle on one day means that there's a much more compressed lambing so that then helps in terms of their management with lamb marking, weaning and particularly if, yeah, prime lamb producer or meat breed, then they have a more even line to send off to market.
1: That would probably limit maybe the size of the, of the flock that you can handle at once. What would be your, your average flock size that you're getting in line for an AI program?
2: So, yeah, realistically we probably have a range In mob sizes, anywhere from 50 ewes up to sort of 2,000 ewes. Obviously, depending on how many ewes then that they want to AI then determines on how many days the specialists are required out on farm doing that work.
1: And what would be the sort of strike rate on AIing?
2: So generally, we sort of aim for at least 70 to 75%. With AI and ET stick rate is more like 70 to
1: 80%. And you're just covering those with advice to cover those with backup rams or?
2: Yes. So for the people that actually own, uh, yeah, their own rams, the backup option is always encouraged.
1: Do you work closely with your clients on genetics and herd improvement or they come to you, get the semen and off they go? Do you offer, ever offer any advice?
2: We probably don't really provide much advice. The responsibility of determining what genetics that they would like to use is up to the client, whether that may be them attending field days, going to shows, going to on-property ram sales and doing the physical inspection of the size. And then often they use ASBVs as well to help make informed breeding decisions But we more so help facilitate, once they've made that decision, we help facilitate then to get the semen to our AI centre and make sure it's ready to use for their program.
1: So AI has been around for a while. Do you think it's largely confined to certain sectors of the industry?
2: Yeah, I'd say maximum benefit would be from the stud breeders for the sole reason of them being able to utilize genetics from other studs without actually necessarily having to invest in the physical ram themselves. They're able to trial and experiment with different bloodlines without the significant outlay of the ram.
1: And so why do you think it's confined to the seed stock side of the industry? Why do you think more commercial breeders aren't using AI?
2: I think at this point in time, it's more so just based on the fact of the overall investment of AI. Generally in Australia, one dose of semen can range from anywhere from $30 up to $100 per dose. Then in addition, yeah, you need to factor in the cost of the drugs as well as then getting a specialist out on farm to undertake that work. So I think for a lot of commercial producers, they think it's just easier to purchase rams, ideally get four to six years out of them and then repeat that.
1: So for like a, maybe a quick cost comparison, say for 100 years, maybe a physical rams that might cost you $1,000 a ram, maybe two rams for that 100, what would the comparative cost of AI be for that 100 years? say with a $30 straw package?
2: Roughly, you'd probably be looking at at least sort of 60 to $70 a head.
1: That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, that explains it. <laughs> yeah, too
2: right. Well, yeah, I guess one of those things that everyone's always looking for different alternatives to obviously try and do what they do better, but whether or not it's a good fit for you is something that the individual needs to determine.
1: Would you have many clients that maybe are using it to breed their own rams, say they've got 50 or 100 stud use and they're breeding their own rams for on-farm use?
2: Yeah, there actually are um, people that do that and there's people that also AI non-consecutively. Like they slowly are progressing and then a few years later they might invest again just to try and introduce some new genetics to obviously improve the areas that they think is required. But yeah, definitely there's people that see good economic return on being able to breed their own rams rather than having to purchase in the current market which is obviously pretty red hot and fantastic to see but I'd say averages of ram sales in the last few years has really sort of ranged anywhere from $1,800 up to five and a half grand almost so rams obviously make up 50% of the reproductive equation but it is a big outlay
1: So where do you see as like the greatest benefit to producers lie?
2: The greatest would have to be the fact that you're able to maximise genetic gain through purchasing semen um, but you don't necessarily actually have to physically have the ram to do a natural paddock mating. Then their return comes from seeing how those offspring then perform and a lot of those stud breeders, through their AI and ET programs, they're a lot of the top performing Rams and achieve the greatest results at their own sales.
1: Bowie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a bit of a trial to get it find time in your busy schedule, but much appreciate it, mate.
2: No, that's a pleasure, Leachie. Great to be here with you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Central West Local Land Services. Local Land Services delivers advice and support to farmers, landholders and the community across New South Wales. To learn more, you can find us online by searching for Central West Local Land Services. If you'd like more information about the topics we discussed today, as well as links to relevant articles, fact sheets, events and other helpful resources, we've added those into the show notes for this episode. You can find them by tapping or swiping over the cover art in your podcast player now. Hey, and while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps other farmers find the show. I'm your host, Nerily Brennan, and I'll chat to you next time.